How would your life change if you became part of the top 1% of communicators in your industry? That's the question our guest posed to us. If that interests you, have a listen. Welcome to Reinventing Perspectives. Today we have an amazing guest. We have Brandon Kumarasamy, and Brandon teaches coaches and executives how to be the 1% of communicators in their industry. So, Brandon, we are so excited to have you here today. Please, you know, just jump in there, tell us who you are, what's your mission. The pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me on the show. So, yeah, my name is Brandon. I'm the founder of Master Talk. Master Talk is a YouTube channel I started many years ago to help the world master the art of communication, public speaking. Yeah, to your point as well, I coach executives on how to become top 1% communicators in the industry. But the origin story, which I think is a bit more interesting, is when I was in university slash college, I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were playing rugby or footy or, or some other sport, I was playing presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak, Priscilla. But then as I got older and I started working in corporate America, I realized that all of the information I had on communication wasn't available online for free on the internet. So that's when I started making video on the channel. Wow. And your channel is amazing. Please. Thank you. If you're listening, go onto your YouTube and find Master Talk. I mean, it's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole of goodness. So... <laughs> You know, it's funny, Priscilla, I never thought it would be a rabbit hole of goodness when I started it. Because in my head, I was thinking, who is going to listen to communication tips from me? And, and why would anyone listen to it? And even I'm shocked at the growth of the channel. So kudos to that. It's amazing. I went to watch one video and it was like six videos later. So it's doing something right. Absolutely. It's that good. You know what? Let's jump right in, Brendan, and tell me our audience is early entrepreneurs. And I think when they're thinking communication, you know, people always say, if you improve your communication, you'll improve how much you can earn, you'll improve the way you can run your teams and all that kind of stuff. So what are our must-have communication skills? So to your point, you know, everyone always says communication is important. But what I think what I've noticed in my career is that the reason for all of us is different. So I always like to begin with this question that I'd love your audience to think about. And the question is this, how would your life change if you became an exceptional communicator? How would your life change if you became an exceptional communicator? A lot of communication, frankly, Priscilla, is tied with negativity. Ugh, I don't want to do this. A lot of stress, anxiety. Whereas my perspective is, let's dream about our communication skills. We dream about our business goals. We dream about the sales we want to get. We dream about leaving our, our corporate 95 potentially. Let's dream about a world in which we're top 1% communicators in what we do. And once we find that internal reason for us, whether that reason is growing our business, whether that reason is being able to inspire our teams with great feedback rather than inform our teams with basic instructions, or whether it's creating that bigger mission for ourselves, having the courage to start a podcast, guess to a podcast. When we find what that internal motivation is, we fix the number one challenge with communication with our early stage entrepreneurs or any entrepreneur. And that challenge is motivation. It's making it a priority. Most entrepreneurs don't make communication a priority. And this question helps people make it a priority. That's a great one. Thank you for starting us off with that question. It made me think about so many things in terms of where entrepreneurs would need to really focus on their communication. Obviously, sales pitches, 
number one, we're trying to sell and selling is the lifeblood of a business. What would you say are the keys to communicating your business in a sales pitch effectively? So I'll give three easy tactics that if people implement, they'll get the result they're looking for. So the first one in terms of sales pitches is an exercise called question drills. Have we ever been in a situation, sales pitch with a client, prospect, where they ask us a question that we don't really know the answer to? Right. The key here is that the best entrepreneurs, especially in the earliest stage, they have an answer for everything. I mean, think about me. When I started mastering, I was fairly young. I started coaching CEOs when I was 22. I'm obviously a bit older than that now. But I had a lot of insecurity around that because a lot of the times I was coaching people who are double, triple my age a lot of the times. So I needed to build that expertise quickly so that I can speak at a level of maturity that's higher than the clients that I serve. So because of that, I implemented question drills. So what does that look like? every day for five minutes. Think, yes, a question that you think your prospect will ask you about your business. Spend 60 seconds thinking about the question. What's the question? And spend the other four minutes reflecting on the answer to that question. If you do that every day for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your business and you'll have an answer for everything. This is a very easy exercise, Priscilla, but the difference between the people who win and the people who don't is the people who actually implement it and book five minutes into their calendar tomorrow. That's the first exercise I would share. Because so many times you get asked things about your business and most of us, we go blank and we work our business every day. We know the answers. But just that preparation of what to say, how to say it, and sometimes how to say it without losing people is the other thing. So uh, that's a great one. And nowadays, Brendan, because we do a lot of online webinars as part of sales. How do you give a webinar without it seeming? Because a lot of times people think, oh, it's just a pre-recorded monologue. How can you make that more engaging? I have a couple of controversial thoughts on webinars, so let's go through them. <laughs> first, the first one, because I run a webinar, right? I do a free training every few weeks, but my webinar is very different than most people. So there's a couple of principles. The first one is I hate recorded webinars. If you're doing under a million dollars, which is most people, if you're an early stage entrepreneur listening to this, I hate them. And the reason is simple, because it doesn't give you an opportunity to build a relationship with the prospect. If you just have some webinar, like you just sound like a robot, like somebody just goes up to your webinar and, and does it. So if you want recorded stuff, that's totally fine. Turn it into a YouTube channel, like I did. Turn it into LinkedIn posts, if you want Instagram posts, socials. But don't do a recorded webinar. Nobody watches a 60-minute... Like, think about it. For the people who are thinking about that, when was the last time you watched a full recorded webinar? Like, never. Exactly. That's the point. So that's the first thing I want to drive, is I hate recorded webinars. It's a different story if I'm talking to an entrepreneur doing 50K months or above, that never having a different conversation. They have a converting offer. They have too many leads. Okay, maybe they don't want to build a relationship with the client because there's like 500 people on the call totally fine, but most seven-figure people I know still run live webinars. So that's the first piece. The second piece is if you want to deliver a really strong webinar and you're getting started, chances are there's only 50 to 75 people in that room or less on the call, which means try and make it a bit more interactive. Don't see it as an opportunity to pitch your offer because I don't even pitch my offer at the end of my webinars. I hate doing that too. I'll tell you why. And But the point is that I want to drive with the webinar is try and make it interactive as if it was a coaching session. So for example, when I'm doing something in a webinar, I don't just go, okay guys, I'm just gonna talk for 90 minutes and none of you are gonna say anything. That's not the way I run. So the way that I, except on a podcast, cause I'm a big talker and I talk a lot. <laughs> but on a, on a webinar, I go, hey, let's spend two minutes reflecting on this. What was the takeaway? 
that you got from this so far? And then I have them type in the chat, and sometimes I call on them, and I go, what do you think? What do you think? That's point number two. Point number three, Prasad, is always make the webinar the same thing. And the reason I like this strategy a lot is because it improves the quality of the webinar. And the last note on this, I'll throw the ball back to you, is the reason I don't like pitching an offer at the end of the free webinar, the only thing I do at the end is I book a free call. So if people want to book a free call, they do because they attended the whole thing. But the reason I don't like to pitch, but you could do it both ways, but you could, you could do well financially both ways. I just don't like doing it because it doesn't make the free training referable anymore. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you come to my free training. Okay. And I pitch an offer. And then at the end, let's say you don't buy. And I come up to you and I say, hey, Priscilla, can you bring three other people to this free training? You might say yes, but you probably won't bring other people because you know there's a pitch at the end. But if you come to my free training and you love it, you go, oh my God, Brendan, this was amazing. And I don't pitch and you also don't buy, but I come up to you in three months and I go, hey, Priscilla, can you bring 10 people to my free training? You'll give me 10 leads. But you won't know their leads. You'll just go like, oh, I'll bring 10. Because Brendan's not pitching and it's free training. It's awesome. And that's how I built the business from zero. So many great things you said in there. Other times with the webinar, it's like you almost anticipate the beginning of the pitching. And then it's like 30 minutes of pitching, which it's so standard that I think the moment you start, people just drop off. Correct. Because they know what's coming. And even if they really did love your information in the beginning, the fact that you pitched for like 30 minutes, so good that you said that, Brandon. Is that the same philosophy you use to like an Instagram live or a Facebook live or a LinkedIn live? Uh, that's an interesting one for so I would lie if I said I do a lot of lives. <laughs> and honestly, the main reason is because I'm lazy. Okay, there's just a lot of things on my plate. This is how I think about this. I don't think this is the right answer, though. I know people make money who pitch on their web, but I know, I know people make money who don't. So there's no, like, right answer. But I would say I always like to give the advice that I think makes sense for the majority. I think the challenge I have with live Priscilla, especially if it's the same time every week, is it's hard to stay consistent. So this is what we call, uh, I'll go a little techie here. This is the difference between synchronous content and asynchronous content. So synchronous content means content that's given in a specific period of time that's happening live. Think Clubhouse, right? If it's live, it's happening during that moment of time. And then obviously, even if you're doing asynchronous content like a live, it is live, it's happening, but then the recording stays. So I think what I found, Priscilla, I just like asynchronous better because I can batch my content months in advance. I don't have to think about it. One less thing on my plate. And I can just make my free trainings the synchronous content where people come on the free training and I just do the same thing. So I'm not saying that's the right strategy, but personally, I like to minimize my live appearances, not on podcasts because it's kind of recorded, right? But on like a Facebook live or something where I'm just a solo because I feel like I'm just not consistent with that enough versus just like batching my content years in advance, which is what I do on my socials. Is there a reason why you don't like to do lives? So I, I definitely think, like I know a lot of people who make way more money than I do who do lives and I think it works. It just doesn't fit my style. Except the live training. My free training every few weeks, that's live. Like I was telling you before, I practice what I preach, right? Yeah, that's live. I'm there, I'm talking to people, it's interactive, but I don't do social media lives a lot, unless I'm being interviewed. And the reason is just laziness, like I said, but the other piece is, it's just not as efficient for me. 
Like, I'd rather just guest on, like, 50 shows like this, and that's all recorded, that stays forever, and where I can spend most of my time growing my social media following through efficiency. Like, think about YouTube, right? The reason my YouTube channel has a significant following, well, relative to other people in my niche, right? I have a big channel. It's really just because I've been consistent. That's really the biggest reason. But the reason I've been consistent is because I don't have to go live on YouTube. I can just create my content. Like, I'm done 2023 for YouTube. I'm writing 2024 right now, right? But I don't have to think about it. So I, I can focus like on our conversation right now and not worry about, oh my God, I have to post on YouTube this week. This is going to be like a, such a pain. I got to get my camera guy. And like, I don't have those problems, right? Because I think with lies people do. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I can't believe you're on 2023 is done. Oh my goodness. You're like a machine over there. <laughs> we try, we try, I'm trying. When it comes to running meetings with your teams, you know, a lot of times meetings can just be people are half asleep. It's almost like a necessary evil. How can we make our meetings more engaging? So I would say with meetings, there's three questions you want to ask yourselves always when we go into a meeting, especially for the CEO. And I'll add a bonus one because it's a lot of them are entrepreneurs. So the first one is what is the goal of the meeting? What's the point of the meeting? And you'll realize if you ask this question enough, there's a lot of meetings that your team should be in that you shouldn't be in. Like there's a lot of things you shouldn't be doing. Even if you're not necessarily have a hire because people are early stage, it might be like your friend who's helping you in the business for free that should be running that thing. Not If you keep asking yourself, what is the goal of the meeting? You'll realize sometimes that the meeting is either not necessary or you shouldn't be at the meeting. So that's the first piece. That already saves you five hours a week off the top, <laughs> right? Just from listening to this podcast, right? So that's, that's the first one. Second one is, okay, if I understand the goal of the meeting is, what is my contribution in that meeting? So let's say we take this meeting. This meeting is essentially for me to be in because I'm being asked questions about guys and it's essential for you to be in because you're asking me the questions, right? So, so there's no one that can replace us. I have mm -hmm. to do this and you have to be there too. So what is my contribution? Okay, your contribution is asking me fantastic questions and hosting this great show and my contribution is trying my best to answer your awesome questions and delivering value. So that's the contribution. And if you don't know what the contribution is, you should probably skip that meeting or cancel that meeting. But the third one is the question most entrepreneurs don't think about. And the question is, once I understand my goal and my contribution, how do I communicate those ideas? How do I communicate that contribution in a way that inspires and adds value? That's where most people miss. So whenever the entrepreneur is sharing their contribution, they're not communicating it in a way that inspires and adds value. So let's say they were in the same meeting with you, Priscilla, and you're, you're asking them questions. They'll go, yeah, yeah, um, this is the answer. No, no. So I'm very thoughtful about the third question. How do I communicate the idea in a way that gets people to go, oh, well, Brendan sure that was good. I need to like, take action. Action. I need to like do whatever he's doing, right? So that's the piece. Speaking specifically to entrepreneurs, though, there's a couple of things that add on to that that are outside of the scope of meetings. So the first one is a lot of people have goals, Priscilla, as entrepreneurs. They have goals with their health, goals with their relationships, goals with their finances. Very few entrepreneurs have goals with their communication skills. And the reason they don't is because they don't prioritize it. A lot of them focus on sales and marketing and delivery earlier in the business, which is normal because they need a scale. But there's a wrench I would like to throw in that logic. And the wrench is this. If your business is scaling, the number one question to ask yourself as a business owner is, are your communication skills scaling with the business? What does that mean? Let's say you're doing $100,000 a year. At that level... You own every part of the value chain. That means you're doing marketing, you're doing sales, 
you're doing delivery, you're doing referrals, and you're doing ascension. If, so ascension just means for those who are listening, to keep, if, especially if you're running a service-based business, even a product-based, that you keep them for long-term clients, not just at the beginning. But as an entrepreneur who's doing six figures, Priscilla, you're doing all five of those things. But here's the caveat. As your business scales half a million, 750, 250 million, a lot of the stuff you used to do is now delegated to new people. And you start creating standard operating procedures so that they can do the work just as well as you. But if your communication skills suck, your lead time will be way higher. Because as you're communicating and you're telling, like, let's say, John what to do, John's going to be like, I don't understand what you're talking about because you're, you're a terrible <laughs> communicator. So you'll lose a lot of money. And not in, in financial, actually finances too, because you're going to waste your employees' times, but also in the context of time, because it's going to take you three times longer to upskill an employee who's probably going to leave you because they don't feel comfortable in their day-to-day -day role. So start thinking about future version of who you are, not just today, and plan for that future more diligently from a communication role. So that's what I would say to business owners. Wow, that's so, you're so right about that. Now, since we are talking about communicating to inspire, if you are someone who just feels like you're an introvert and you don't just feel that comfortable public speaking or even thinking about speaking to inspire, where would we start, Brendan? Absolutely. I would start with the myth that I think is interesting around introverts because all of my best people are introverts. So I've never understood the whole idea that extroverts are better speakers than introverts. So for me to kind of break that myth, what I'd love to start with, Priscilla, is three common qualities that every introvert has that an extrovert like me can only dream of. Number one, introverts are exceptional listeners. You're the case in point. You just let me talk, 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 and you're really, really good at listening, right? In the sense that <laughs> introverts are just really good at listening to other people. They don't interrupt other people because they spend less time talking and more time listening. That means they're often smarter than extroverts and they're able to adapt to their audience a lot faster because they just have more information than somebody like me who's always talking and talking and talking. So that's number one. So I had to learn listening. I, it was self-practiced for a long time until I got it right. But not in the context of podcasting because I know I'm on the show to deliver value, so I have to talk. So that's the first piece. The second piece... Introverts are way better at the most fundamental scale of communication, which is pausing. So pausing is very simple. Taking a breath. Taking a pause to share an idea. For an introvert, this is very easy to do once they understand the correlation between the pause and being a really good speaker. Whereas an extrovert struggles with this. We're at bars, we're at parties, we're at events. Whenever there's a space, you automatically want to fill it up with more talking. Oh, Priscilla, what'd you do last weekend? <laughs> Whereas the introvert is just going to sit there and say nothing. Difference number three. And this one is not well known. I, I think I invented this one, so I'll take credit for this one. Introverts are less polarizing as speakers. What do I mean by this? Let's compare culprit number one and culprit number two, Priscilla. Culprit number one is Gary Vaynerchuk. Culprit number two is Brene Brown. And there's no hate on Gary Vee here. I have a ton of respect for the guy. I would not be where I am today without his social media and everything he's done for the world. But I'm sure we can all admit that we either like the guy or we don't. There's no in-between. You you're either a raving fan, you have all of his NFT collections, you're watching all of his socials, or you don't like the guy. You're on one side or the other. That's what extrovert speakers do. They polarize their audiences. 
But it is illegal in all countries in the world, Priscilla, to say the following statement. I hate Brene Brown. Just the fact of saying that puts you in jail. I don't hate Brene Brown, obviously. She's incredible. But you go to jail for saying those types of things. And, and the, I'm sure the FBI is after me right now. But I think the point I want to drive, introverted speakers are more accessible and garner a lot less hatred than their extroverted counterparts. So what's my advice for introverts? Understand your advantages and play the game because you can probably win it. Mm, thank you for that perspective. Now, for someone who's like, okay, I'm an introvert. I got it. I'm going to play to my advantages. What would you say are kind of like your top three daily public speaking exercises? Number one is uh, question drills. So we covered that one. Five minutes a day, one question a day about your business. Okay, invest the time. Number two is random word exercise. Pick a random word like spoon, like fork, like phone, like copper, like screen, and create presentations out of thin air for 60 seconds. Five words a day. Five minutes a day. If you do this for a month, you'll have done the exercise over 150 times, which is pretty insane if you think about it. And advice number three, five minutes every day sending three video messages to people you really appreciate in your life. I'm not asking anyone to post on social. If you're scared of social, totally fine. I'm not here to change your mind. But what I am here to change your mind on is there's people in your life that have really done a lot for you, who have really showed up for you. So the question is, what are you doing for them? And you don't have to buy them roses, you don't have to buy them a Lamborghini, but you can show a bit of appreciation. And that's when we show that impact. I send video messages to my clients all the time. Why? Because it makes their day, and B, it makes me money, right? That's the third piece. It makes me a ton of money, because I'm the only service provider in their life who does that. I'm the only human being in their life that does that. So it's a win-win. It makes me money, and it makes their day better, because I actually care about them. You can't be in coaching if you don't care about people, right? And that's the three things. But here's the caveat we can end on, Priscilla, and the caveat is this. Only 1% of people who are listening to this booked 15 minutes in their calendar tomorrow to do all three of these things, right? Five minutes for the question drill, five minutes for the random word, and five minutes for the video messages. So if you want to be a top 1% communicator in your industry, I don't really need to sell you on the idea that the people who are top 1% who want that desire have already booked that 15 minutes. So if you're listening to this right now and you haven't booked that 15 minutes, you're not in the top 1%. So if your goal is to be in that, you should already book that time. And this is the most important advice I'll give you. It's going to be mind-blowing. Watch this, Priscilla, or listen to this. <laughs> the best way to speak, drum roll, please. The best way to speak, oddly enough, is to speak. I know, I know this is crazy. But the best way to speak is to speak. So speak. Book some time in your calendar, 15 minutes a day, and get the result that you're looking for. Thank you for challenging the audience, challenging me too, to put in that 15 minutes. Now I feel like I'm under pressure now because <laughs> Brendan told me I, I can't want to be top 1% and do nothing. I've got to book that time in and do something. So thank you so much for that. Now, Brendan, I always end with these last two questions. What is the number one book that you'd recommend to an early entrepreneur? The second one is always, what has faith meant to you on your journey? Love that. So the book, which ties well into the last question as well, Priscilla, is a, a book called Thirst by Scott Harrison. So Scott Harrison is the CEO of Charity Water. He started a nonprofit to help the world gain access to clean water. And what I loved about the guy is his ability to be really practical when it comes to everything we've learned today. 
he's applied it and he's changed the world and raised half a billion dollars for clean water. He's helped probably like 15 million people, I think, at this point, gain access to water. And there's a quote in the book that changed my life. And the quote, which ties into the last question, Priscilla, is the goal is not to live forever, but rather create something that will. And earlier in my 20s, I asked myself, what am I creating that's going to live forever? And the answer was nothing until I started Master Talk. So for me, faith means having the faith to pursue what you want to do, whether that thing is to be a stay-at-home mother who likes eating pickles in the morning, or whether it's being a super successful multimillionaire who's on a boat every week. Pick the sport, but own it and have the faith to know that if you're insane enough to pursue something that most people don't, and you're consistent enough, you're passionate about, the world will eventually make room for you. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for that recommendation. Top audience, please go to www.rockstarcommunicator.com. Brendan, please tell us a little bit about what they're going to find when they go there. Of course, Priscilla. What a fantastic conversation. Thanks for having me. So absolutely, rockstarcommunicator.com. We do free trainings every few weeks over Zoom. They're live. They're interactive. They're fun. They're not some boring recorded webinar. There's no pitch. So if you want to come to it, you can register at that website for sure. Uh, thank you so much for that. Audience, please go there. I'm telling you, you've been challenged now on this episode. Go there and be challenged some more. And let's be top 1% of communicators in our industry. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks. For more information, freebies, and clips from various episodes, please follow us on Instagram at Reinventing Perspectives or go to our website, www.reinventingperspectives.com. Thank you so much for your time. We absolutely value your time and even more, we value your feedback. Don't forget to leave us a review. Thank you so much and see you again next week. Mm -hmm.